0: irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you nfl now is a production of the nfl in partnership with iHeartRadio.
1: it's a blockbuster type of weekend in the nfl but who are we kidding when is it not ever six games heading into week 13 featuring both teams with winning record, including that game last night between the Patriots and Bills. Much more on that one we will also be breaking down the potential Super Bowl preview between the Dolphins and 49ers and the AFC Championship rematch between the Bengals and Chiefs. But we start with injury news as we get you ready for the weekend. New right now into NFL Network, we bring in Tom Pellicero, our NFL Network insider, with much more on the biggest name that
2: we're watching on the injury front, and that's Aaron Rodgers, Tom. Omar, Aaron Rodgers is on the practice field for a second consecutive day, a good sign for his chances to play against the Bears on Sunday, despite that fractured thumb that he's been playing with for a good chunk of the season here, as well as the rib injury that he suffered last week. Now, Coach Matt LaFleur said he thought the Rodgers looked really good in practice on Thursday. They will reevaluate him after today's session. Just make sure he can protect himself, all those different things. But you've also heard Aaron Rodgers say this week that he fully intends to play in this game, and why not against a team that he has dominated like virtually nobody else over the course of his career. Meanwhile, for the Bears, certainly seems to be trending toward them having their starting quarterback as well. That is Justin Fields, who was listed as a full participant in practice on Thursday for the first time since he suffered a left shoulder injury a couple of weeks ago. He is referred to it as an AC joint injury. It was causing him a lot of pain, especially in the early portion of last week, but that Full participation in practice on Thursday, a positive sign on Fields. We'll see what the ultimate uh, designation is on the injury report here, Omar. But it seems to be trending towards Aaron Rodgers versus Justin (laughs) Fields on Sunday.
1: Always fun when those two teams get together. Of course, it was last year when Aaron Rodgers was caught on mic saying, I own you to the city of Chicago and certainly the Bears fans there. Meanwhile, Sunday night football features the Cowboys and Colts. A couple big-name Cowboys we're keeping an eye on. What more can you tell us about them, Tom?
2: Well, Omar, a couple of key Cowboys have been out, but not because of injury. Rather, it has been illness that has sidelined Trayvon Diggs through the course this week, as well as Michael Gallup. Now, Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Cowboys, said he still is hopeful. That they're going to be back and able to play, but certainly something that we're going to be monitoring here as seemingly everybody has been getting sick in some capacity, and the Cowboys have dealt with quite a bit of it here in recent weeks. Meanwhile, elsewhere in the NFC East for the Commanders, they are officially listing Chase Young as questionable, the closest that he has been to coming back and playing since he suffered that knee injury over a year ago. Ron Rivera said the Young has looked good. In practice, they're going to make a final determination, though, on Sunday. So it seems like a game-time type of a situation if Chase Young is going to be out there. And based on what Ron Rivera has said over the last couple of weeks, when Chase Young does get back on the field, look for it to be in a limited capacity. Also questionable for the commanders is running back Antonio Gibson. He's been dealing with a foot injury through this week. Sounds like it's optimistic that, that Gibson's going to be able to go in some capacity here. But again, that's something to monitor leading up to the game. If it's no Gibson, you would certainly expect it's going to be a whole lot of Brian Robinson, which it probably will be regardless.
1: Our yeah, Washington winners of six of seven. They're the seventh seed in the NFC playoff picture right now. And now potentially get Chase Young back this week. So with games against the Giants, they're next to certainly controlling a lot of that uh, destiny here in the playoff race. Tom Pellicero, thank you very much. It was that kind of night for Buffalo, that kind of night for New England. 24-10, the final score after the game. Our Mike Giardi caught up with the hero of the game, Josh
3: Allen. All right, Josh, teams don't come in here three straight years to beat the Patriots in New England. What does it say about your football team that you've been able to do this?
4: Well, again, our defense,
2: uh, they played great, only letting up 10 points, giving us short fields all day. Um, you know, we got to score more points. That's how we feel. But we did enough to get it done tonight. It was a good situational football game win. Uh, you know, we worked in unison with defense and special teams. Found a way to get it done.
3: Running game seems to be going pretty well. James Cook seems to be giving you a nice dose here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a difference maker for us. Him and Motor are running extremely hard. Throwing in uh, Hines too. He he's a little jitterbug back there. So the more touches we can get them, the better we, we're gonna be as an offense. So gotta continue to MVP. find ways.
3: <laughs> MVP. MVP. And last one for me, Stephon Diggs. This doesn't seem like anybody can cover that guy one-on-one.
2: I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I trust him, you know, with my life. Uh, he goes out every single game. He competes very hard, man, and uh, I love throwing to him.
1: Yeah, that's Stefan Diggs' Josh Allen connection. Certainly phenomenal. For more on that game, Mark Ross, Jim Schroeder back with us now. And, Jim, we saw the Bills run through a gauntlet, three straight wins after losing those two in a row. What was your big takeaway from last night?
5: You know, Omar, it would be easy to focus on their offensive efficiency in the red zone or their defensive performance there, or even the way that they played complementary football. But for me, my takeaway was just the maturity of this Buffalo Bills team to go through what they've gone through over the past 12 days, where you had one game move because of weather. You're worried about the conditions for your family and not just what's going on on the football field. Play three straight road games. Two of those are decided by one possession. And you win all three when you easily could have fallen back on an excuse of all the things that have gone on to lose one of those, and they didn't. And to me, that just shows a character about this team and a maturity about this team that should bode well for them going forward, Mark.
1: We talk about a couple teams going in different directions. After the Bills won three in a row, New England has now lost two in a row, and it seems like frustration has set in. We saw Mac Jones express that frustration when the cameras caught him on the sideline shouting that the – Quick game, wasn't going very good. They want to push the ball down the field. But here's Bill Belichick's reaction this morning.
4: Look, the bottom line is we need to just keep working to improve it. Um, Every week, you know, this week will be different. Arizona's a different defense than Buffalo. Buffalo's a different defense than Minnesota. Minnesota's a different defense than the Jets. Um, So it's just not as simple as, you know, working against, um, you know, improving your time in a mile run I mean that's not what this is this is about competing against another team just keep working through it There's
1: no this here. is a remarkable statistic here the Patriots have no touchdown passes in the fourth quarter this season highlights certainly a lot of those struggles they've had on offense to find that consistency mark when you look at the Patriots last night what were your impressions?
3: Well, as Bill Belichick said, it's about the matchups. And last week, the Patriots offense looked the best they had it, but that was against a Vikings D that was last in the league for passing. So you looked at this game and said, okay, now they're playing a legitimate Buffalo Bills defense. How will they look? Well, they looked in that. And this goes to a lot of different levels of this. The offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, it seems like there's no true game plan going on there. I don't think they have a lot of talent. At their skill position. When Marcus Jones, the corner return specialist, is your leading receiver last night on his first play uh, on offense, the 48 yard slip screen, that's a bad indictment. And then your running back, Ramondre Stevens, had the most targets and the most receptions in the past game. So, yes, Mac Jones is frustrated with the, the quick game, but he's at fault for that too. And a telling quote after the game was Jordan Poyer, the Bill Safety said, We wanted to make Mac Jones beat us with, with his arm. A lot of concerns when Mac Jones was drafted. If he was really worth that first-round pick, I think you're kind of seeing what Mac Jones is in this offense, Omar.
1: Well, now the Patriots have that mini-bye to try to get things right. They don't play again until the following Monday against the Arizona Cardinals. So certainly time to figure it out, but they need to figure it out fast if they're to stay in that AFC playoff contention. Mark, Jim, thank you both very much. Meanwhile, another one of those matchups where we have a couple winning teams going against each other will be Mike White and the Jets taking on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Robert Sala announcing earlier this week that Mike White will indeed start, and it will be Joe Flacco, his backup. Once again, Zach Wilson will be inactive. Here's Sala talking about defending Kirk Cousins.
0: Decisive, uh, accurate, um, uh, great uh, presence in the pocket. Gets the ball where it needs to pretty quick. Um, uh, he, they, they do a really good job. He's, he's played in this league a long time. He's, has, he's got a lot of years under his belt, and... Um, you know we've played him before. He's he's he's, he's very good. Um, they speak the world of his mindset, his uh, his football IQ, uh, the way he can absorb information. And you know Kyle, Kyle is um, is very complex with his with his schemes. He's he's one of the best in football, and and um, you've got to be able to handle it. And so if you're uh, one thing I know about Kyle, if he's if he loves you, it's, you you've done you, you've done something right.
1: The Vikings essentially can clinch the NFC North if they win and Detroit loses. So a lot on the line here this weekend in Minneapolis. Tom Pelissero and Judy Batista back with us. And Tom, we'll start with you. Still dealing, the Vikings are without Christian Derrissaw, their big star left tackle. What more can you tell us about him and how they're adjusting?
2: Lomar, well, according to reporters on the scene, Christian Derisaw is at practice today but wearing a red no-contact jersey. That's usually an indicator that you're still several steps away from being cleared out of the concussion protocol, which means that Blake Brandl will be in line for his second NFL start on Sunday against the Jets. Vikings only gave up one sack last week against the Patriots, but they did use some more extra man protections than they would if they had Christian Derrissaw able to play over on an island there. Teams are actually blitzing less with Derrissaw out and getting more pressure on Kirk Cousins. So there is going to be an adjustment. We saw more help in terms of tight ends and others uh, being able to help out the tackles and specifically the left tackle position last week. But when you're facing a Jets pass rush that certainly has gotten after people all year that's going to be something to watch because of course Kirk Cousins very good at playing within rhythm the one time we've really seen them shut down offensively it was when the Cowboys and Micah Parsons got after him on that opening drive and everything in the game plan kind of changed from there
1: yeah, and that certainly was a beatdown. as far as uh, the Jets go Judy Mike White back in the starting lineup how does he possibly follow up the great game he had last week
6: well, that is the question. Of course, he tore apart the Chicago Bears. But as Mark Ross was just talking about in the Patriots segment, the, the Minnesota Vikings do not have a stellar pass defense. They give up a whole lot of yards. Mike White was saying today, facing them is a test of patience. He says you've got to take... What they give you and this is what he said most of the time quarterbacks want to make splash plays and push the ball down the field you can't do that you've got to take what they give you that is a particularly noteworthy thought because last year when mike white had to step in for zach wilson when zach got hurt he was great in his first start against the bengals uh three touchdowns 405 yards they beat the cincinnati bengals who went on to the super bowl But in the second full game he played, Mike White threw four interceptions, no touchdowns. He says he has learned from that. They went back and looked at the film, and what they saw was that he was hurrying. He was making the right decisions mentally, but he was just going too fast. He says he's learned more from that game than any game he's ever won. He can remember every play. It's going to be important for the Jets' playoff hopes to keep going for Mike White to stay contained and take what defenses are giving him.
1: Yeah, Mike White, half of his career interceptions coming in that performance, obviously hoping to avoid that on Sunday in Minnesota. Tom, Judy, thank you both very much. Still to come here on NFL Now, we're getting you set for Monday Night Football. Tom Brady and the New Orleans Saints going to face off against one another. You're healed from Tom when NFL Now continues. New right now into NFL Network, according to Rams head coach Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford is once again out this Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. He has cleared concussion protocol, but he is out with a neck injury. So once again, Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald will not play for the Rams. They have an NFC West showdown against the Seahawks right here at SoFi Stadium.
5: It is the Chiefs and the Bengals. Yes, it is history.
7: Fires late for the end zone. caught! Right side. Kelsey. Touchdown. And he aim for perfection. And he gets it back into his body. Touchdown. Five seconds left in the half. Hill gets tackled and the clock runs out.
0: Will this be volume two of Charles Dickens' tale of two halves? We saw how the first one ended up.
7: He leaps. Yeah! He's got it. Yeah! Touchdown. And the Bengals have climbed back.
5: And we are going to overtime.
7: It's deflected and intercepted by Von Bell.
3: They did it. They beat at home. Wow.
1: What a game that was! What a game we are expecting in Cincinnati on Sunday as the nine two Chiefs face off against the seven and four Bengals. Bengals. On a winning streak, they've surged in the AFC standings. Of course, Joe Burrow has beaten Patrick Mahomes both times. They faced each other in the regular season last year and in that AFC championship game. And they could be on another collision course. The way we look at the standings here, of course, Buffalo in the number two seed thanks to that win last night. But if the Dolphins can beat the 49ers on Sunday, they'd go back there as that two seed. Things are coming into focus just a little bit closer as we hit this Playoff drive. It is December. You have to earn the right to play meaningful games in December. This is certainly one of them. Jeff Jadia, Steve Weich back with us now. And you would look at all the weapons there, Jeff, for that Cincinnati offense. How is the Chiefs defense preparing to handle that? Well,
3: they're talking about revenge in Kansas City, Omar. And it's a, it's a big deal for this team to play the Bengals again because they've lost both games, as you mentioned. And the defense has not looked great, especially in the second half now uh the coaches have talked about the fact that the Bengals' offense is not uh no surprises here they're gonna come at you with the run game they're gonna come at you with the explosive plays and the chiefs have to be really good at stopping those explosive plays and getting to the quarterback defensive tackle chris jones said he was really upset about not getting a couple sacks in that AFC championship game last year thought if he could have gotten burrow on the ground things might have been different but A lot of chirping going back and forth. Justin Reed's been on Twitter going at Jamar Chase and Hayden Hurst, so Chiefs want this game bad. Defense wants this game bad.
1: Yeah, Steve, as far as the uh, Chiefs go, they have to prepare now for Jamar Chase, as good as the Bengals have been of late. They've been doing it without their superstar receiver. What's the
7: story now? Well, Jamar Chase coming back just changes things drastically. You know, who are you going to double? Because T. Higgins has been doing his thing. And so that, to me, sets up one of the great conversations we've had leading up to a game where Justin Reed saying, we're going to lock everybody down, and Jamar Chase saying, like, hmm, okay. And then Hayden Hurst, the tight end, who Justin Reed got confused. You know, players called jersey numbers. But then Hayden Hurst, who came out and said, uh, I might be the last person you want to talk Dookie emoji to because I have a long memory. Look at Hayden Hurst's best games this year. Six catches in a touchdown against the Ravens, a team that drafted him and let him go. Six catches against the Atlanta Falcons, a team that let him go after the season because they drafted Kyle Pitts. Then he had six catches last week against the Tennessee Titans. So with Chase and Higgins out wide, what they do in the running game, Hayden Hurst could be the player for the Cincinnati Bengals who could really be the guy who gets off this week. And we'll see if that long memory (laughs) <laughs> also translates maybe just to touchdowns and <laughs> big plays.
1: Well, Joe Burrow can become the second quarterback to beat Patrick Mahomes three times. First one to ever do it three straight. If the Bengals can beat the Chiefs this weekend, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Steve. Of course, that other quarterback he could join is Tom Brady, who's beaten. Patrick Mahomes three times in his career looking to beat the Saints for the second time this season after, of course, losing every regular season game to the Saints as a Buccaneer heading into this year. Here is Tom Brady talking about that New Orleans D.
4: They're very good defense. I think they are very good at the D line. They, I think, have one of the best linebackers playing in football and Demario. Very good in the secondary. I think they've invested a lot in their defense. Um, just very talented, and I, I think they make it a very physical game and um, tough to run the ball. They challenge you in the pass game. Um, I think turnovers have been a big story against us in the times we've won and the times we've lost. So we're going to have to take care of the ball. We're going to have to make the plays when they're there. We've um, got to stay balanced. We've got to play a great game in, in all three phases against a good football team That's you know been a been a tough team for us, no doubt. So certainly at home we have not... We're not winning, scoring zero points. We're certainly not winning, uh, you know. Probably scoring three points, um, so we're gonna have to do a good job and, um, you know, hit the ones that are there.
1: As Brady described on his Let's Go podcast earlier in the week, they're like a Vander Holyfield getting their ear bit a couple times but still won the fight against Mike Tyson. That's what the Buccaneers here are. They have a losing record, but they are in first in the NFC South and currently in the playoff picture with that 5-6 and six record. They are a half game in front of the Atlanta Falcons who trail them with a 5-7 and seven record. For much more on this matchup, we welcome in Sarah Walsh. And when you talk about... The Buccaneers' offense, Sarah, it seems like a broken record. We're asking yet again, how do they get that offense back on track?
8: Well, that's a great point, Omar, and uh, one that I certainly can't argue with you. So I did ask Tom Brady today, what gives you hope that we can get this offense on track? And he said, well, hope is not a strategy. What I, I thought was really interesting is hope's not a strategy. The only thing that is going to get this offense back on track is executing, something that we have heard them say repeatedly. Now, it was also interesting that this defense got together this week and had a dinner out to talk about some of their issues. And the defense has... Played pretty well. They gave up a touchdown late and lost that game in overtime to Cleveland. So Todd Bowles was asked, maybe does the offense need to go do that? And he said, no, this is not a matter of closeness. This is a matter of executing. So again, we hear the same things over and over again. And when I talked to Carlton Davis, one of their defensive stars about that dinner and what they expected to get out of that, he said that they have a repetitive message here in Tampa. And that message is right now to do the small things and to no matter what, at any cost, come out of this Monday night game with a win. Carlton was asked, does this teams still believe it can win a Super Bowl and he did not blink he said of course always don't count us out Omar
1: well I think when they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago there were seven and five in December then of course went on yep. to not lose a game so there is hope for them they have to do it soon meanwhile whenever these two teams get together whether it's Lattimore and Evans there's some seems to be flags or seems to be piles how are the Buccaneers planning keeping their emotions in check here on Monday night
8: yeah, if you do nothing else but watch Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans, well, you got yourself some entertainment on Monday night because these two never disappoint. So let me set the scene for you because the last time, and this is a long-running history between the two, but let's just go back to the last time they played each other. It was week two, and this one ended with Lattimore and Evans both being ejected. Evans gave him a shove that wound up getting Evans suspended for a game. It was a total melee there. The Bucs came out on top in that one. It was a 20-10 to Buccaneers win, but Evans said this one week. Look, we're two of the best in the business. We're competitive. We're physical. But Evans said, I understand. I have to keep my emotions in check. He said, I can't go shove someone out of the air. Todd Bowles said the same thing, that they're competitive, but we have to find a way to keep it clean. There is no question. We expect to see some fireworks between these two. Obviously, nobody wants to get ejected. The, Evans went through that earlier this year. And Tom talked about it, too. He said, look, Mike doesn't want to get thrown out of this game, but we expect Mike to be Mike. And Mike admitted they did come out of that game with a win, but he said, since I've come into this league, and Mike's been around now for a while, he said the Saints have had our number. It is important for the Bucs for a litany of reasons to come out with a win on Monday, but it would be huge against a team that has really been a thorn in their side, Omar, for a while now here in Tampa.
1: Yeah, we've largely ignored the NFC South because of how poorly they've played in the bigger picture, but this might be one of the more fascinating races to watch down the stretch because every team is still in it with a bunch of games remaining with one another. So certainly will be fascinating to watch. Sarah Walsh will be all over it as always. Thank you very much, Sarah. Meanwhile, the Pro Bowl set to return to Vegas in 2023 for the reimagined... Pro Bowl games with new skills challenges and an AFC NFC flag football showdown. It's an all new format, but the same way to vote for the league's best at each position. To play your part in the Pro Bowl games, vote presented by Castrol. Text vote to 635-635 to come here on nfl now much more on games around the league a lot of good ones of course the blockbuster ones we've talked about and some others that are
0: flying under the radar we'll have much more on them and nfl now continues you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better
2: Hey, that's a heck of a team win, man. Great complimentary football. Way to go on the road and get it done, man. In a tough tough place to win right here, right? Great character and leadership in this room, man. I'll tell you what, great character and leadership. That goes a long way, man. Long way. You got three days off now. Okay, three days off. Hey, just be smart, right? Just a little mini buy for you. Coming right at the right time here so we're fresh down the stretch. That's important. Take care of yourself. Stay humble and stay hungry. Right? Humble and hungry. Be smart this next weekend, man. Keep the most important thing the most important thing. We got a job to do. Love y'all. We don't do what you do.
1: Big showdown with the Jets next weekend for those Buffalo Bills. Time now for our weekend whip around with Judy, Steve, and Mark. And Judy, we'll start with you. I don't think there was any doubt that Aaron Rodgers would try to will himself to play in this game back in Chicago. What's your take on Bears-Packers this weekend?
6: Well, that's what I'm watching. Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields. Will he get on the fields? It looks like maybe we'll see him, too. But I'm really intrigued by Aaron Rodgers saying, we referenced it earlier in the show, that he'd be open to, if things get out of their hands, uh, sitting down and letting them see a younger player, meaning Jordan Love. So I am watching for this game to see If that happens, if we see Jordan Love and, and frankly, to see what kind of condition Aaron Rodgers is in.
1: A fascinating comment, to be sure. Meanwhile, in Las Vegas, Steve, we get a rematch of that Week 18 Classic last year. A tie would have sent both teams to the playoffs. Instead, it was the Raiders that took that postseason berth. What are you looking forward to in this one?
7: Well, judging on the records, if the Chargers want to have any chance of making the playoffs, they have to win this game. That comes down to stopping Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. Because after this game, after this game, the Chargers face the Dolphins and Titans, two top ones. But then they finish with three winnable games down the stretch. But you got to get to 10 wins if they do it. But they won't get to 10 if they don't beat the Raiders this week.
1: Yeah, Las Vegas was the site of Jeff Saturday's first win in his first game as interim head coach. And things don't get any easier now as they prepare to go to Dallas on Sunday night football. Mark, what's your take on this game?
3: Yeah, things keep getting real for Jeff Saturday here. This could be blowout city for the Cowboys, who I just see as a much more superior team on both sides of the ball. The only way I see the Colts hanging around this is if Jonathan Taylor just goes crazy against that Cowboys rush defense that we've seen give up some big plays at big games throughout the season. Jags-Lions,
1: Judy, meanwhile, both these teams seem like they're a little winning streak away from getting back into that playoff picture. What are you looking forward to about that matchup?
6: Really what I'm looking for is to see Trevor Lawrence building off his performance last week. That felt like the coming out party for Trevor Lawrence that we have been waiting for. He has had three games in Mm -hmm. a row now with a quarterback rating of 100 or more. So I want to see if he continues this upward trajectory. We know that the Lions defense struggles. We will see how he does.
1: Steve, I think we've all circled those of us that have covered Bobby Wagner, the Seahawks, the Rams over the years on this one at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. Bobby Wagner versus the Seahawks for the first time. What say you about this one?
7: Bobby Wagner might have 52 tackles because Aaron Donald (laughs) and A'shaun Robinson, the two defensive tackles in front of him, are out. And even though this is a game where the Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith might be able to do some stuff without having to run from Aaron Donald, Pete Carroll's going to take the ball out of his hands to run it because that depleted Rams front.
1: Okay, Mark. And finally, Steelers-Falcons. What are you looking forward to about that matchup?
3: Uh, let's see the continued uh, maturation of Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, rookie quarterback there for the Steelers. Look, the last three games, no interceptions, but he only has one touchdown pass. So let's see if he can have a big signature game, much like Judy referenced about Trevor Lawrence, if, if Kenny Pickett can get one against that 28th-ranked uh, Falcons pass defense.
1: Yeah, Steelers have to close out, winning five of six, I believe, to avoid Mike Tomlin's first Losing season as head coach. And the Falcons, meanwhile, 5-7. and Still right there in that NFC South playoff picture. Just a half game back of those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So a lot to look forward to in that one as well. Judy, Steve, Mark, thank you all very much. Still to come here on NFL Now, we are talking about Aiden Hutchinson. What special things is he doing that we're focusing on next? Right here on One More Thing.
3: your game day started Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern with NFL Game Day Morning. Good morning, you good-looking fella. It's a potential Super Bowl preview, people, when Miami travels to San Francisco. We'll let you know why Tua and the Dolphins could be in for a long night against the Niners' dominant D. It's an AFC Championship rematch between the Chiefs and Bengals. Cincinnati is heading to the Super Bowl! Kurt breaks down why KC should be on upset alert again Sunday in Cincy. And the Giants host the Red Hot Commanders with playoff positioning on the line. Mooch will explain what New York needs to do to stop its two-game skid. All that and much more Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern.
1: Can't wait for that. I'll be at Santa Clara Levi's Stadium for the Dolphins 49ers matchup. Time for one more thing, and that is where we begin with Jim Trotter. Jim, what's your one more thing?
5: Well, I want to give a shout-out to the 49ers who are going to honor former Dolphins executive Jason Jenkins with a moment of silence before kickoff on Sunday. Jenkins was a longtime Dolphins executive who passed away this summer at the age of 47 from thrombosis when a blood clot traveled up his leg to his heart. He was a beloved figure in the NFL community, and the 49ers are bringing back members of the PR staff who were with the organization when Jason cut his teeth there. They are also bringing in his family For this uh, honor, and I just wanted to say what a great thing that the 49ers are doing.
1: Yeah, great, great man. Jason was the first PR man I ever met in covering those 49ers back in the mid-2000s. Judy, what's your one more thing?
6: Well, this weekend is My Cause, my, My Cleats. We've talked a lot about it, and I want to give special recognition to the players who are using this occasion to support charities that support women. Last night, Jonathan Jones wore cleats uh, that said play like a girl. They were inspired by his daughter to support better opportunities for women. His teammate Damien Harris wore cleats that supported Planned Parenthood of Massachusetts. So thanks, guys.
1: Judy, as a dad of three girls, you know I love that one. Good on Jones there. Mark, what's your one more thing?
3: Uh, omar has been running a part of about 20 plus drafts no matter where you draft a player i learned that they're never happy where they get drafted this week the <laughs> Hutchinson quote i love this guy was the second pick of the draft still wasn't happy said that it's going to stick with him forever and he guess he, he said i guess my arms weren't long enough a, a little shot at gm trent bulky and trayvon walker who had those notoriously 37 30 inch arms whatever it was so Let's look for Aiden to get after Trevor Lawrence this weekend.
1: That chip on the shoulder, that boulder stays with them forever. Meanwhile, if the Packers were to beat the Bears on Sunday, they would surpass Chicago as the winningest franchise of all time, 786. They are currently tied. One little note about that game. We just found out, according to Matt Eberflus, that Justin Fields will start for Chicago in that one. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the games.